The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. episode of social suplexes podcast about aew with a proclivity for positivity welcome to all things elite my name is austin and i am the host of this lovely show joining with me as always is my good buddy my good friend floyd johnson jr my man how you doing i am doing well got lots of exciting things going on in my life we'll talk about it in a second and yeah, I'm just excited to be here and looking forward to spending the weekend in Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah, we're recording this on a Thursday. Uh, interesting thing, just because of no dynamite that is on Wednesday this week. We'll get into all of that, but we have a third with us here this week on All Things Elite. With us this week for a All Things Elite is our friend and resident AEW expert. It's JR. Jesus Perez, you can catch him on his horror podcast called the Trick or Treaters Podcast. JR, my man, how you doing right now? I'm doing wonderful, Austin. It's good, it's good to talk to you again. It was so nice. We had to do it twice after yes. our uh, preview for AEW Revolution, so I'm glad to be back for AEW Double or Nothing, um, the third installment of, in my opinion, I think the best pay-per-view that AEW uh, has is Double or nothing. Probably because I'm biased because it was the first one and I was there in Vegas for it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it is the catalyst of what created AEW, and I think it's such like that first show was such a capsule, and you like all three of us were there. It was the energy was unreal, and yeah. So I can understand that completely, and the hype around Double or Nothing is always unreal. So we got a lot to talk about. Of course, we've got our previews for AEW Dynamite that's on Friday night. Um, we're going to do a short little recap of what happened last week on Dynamite, mostly previewing what will be coming up since everything is so close together and we're just going to do a whole show talking about everything after Double or Nothing. But before we get into the episode in full, I want to make sure real quick that you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify or any other platforms that have podcasts, you can also give us a share with your friends, friend, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. You can also leave a rating and a review. Let us know how we are doing. It always is helpful in getting the podcast some notoriety. And if you're so inclined, you can also leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. And if you want to support us in the simplest possible way, we're on social media. We're on Twitter. 
Our Twitter is at AT Elite Pod. And at Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. So be sure to give them a uh, follow and check out all their other podcasts they got. I myself am szoomer4 on Twitter, at szoomer4. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And anything on Twitter, JR, that you would like to plug or any other social medias? Yes, you can find uh, the Trick or Treaters podcast at, on Twitter. It's at Trick or Treat Pod. That's at Trick or Treat Pod. Uh, actually, tomorrow, Friday, we are dropping our newest episode of a horror review. We reviewed Ari Aster's 2019 film starring Florence Pugh. Will any wrestling fans remember her from Fighting with My Family as she starred Paige? That's drop, uh, about the movie. It's called Midsummer. That's dropping tomorrow on uh, wherever you download your podcasts. All right. So it'll be up by the time y'all are hit listening to this episode right that. now. Well, Midsummer is and... a freaky movie, right? <laughs> it is. I'll just summarize. It is by far one of the craziest, extremely disturbing movies I've ever seen. Um, it so it's extremely graphic, and it is a very twisted tell. But it is a very good movie, though. I, d- I definitely enjoyed it. But if you're not into horror, that is not a film I would recommend starting with to get into horror. Yeah, maybe start with the classics. I feel like would be a good a good safe bet. But regardless. Our big news of the week with AEW is the fact that AEW made a huge splash when it came to how they would be presenting themselves about how they signed a brand new TV deal to add a second show to their lineup, and that will be on TNT. And they announced that starting next year in 2022, AEW Dynamite is going to be moving to Turner Broadcast at TBS, not, not TNT. It'll be on TBS. So sticking with Turner, but moving over to TBS. So this was a huge move by taking their flagship show that's already recognizable as on TNT, and they're moving it over to the other station and then putting a brand new show on its place, but just in a different time slot. So this was a huge announcement that they made. And uh, we'll go to JR real quick on this one because – the new show they announced is AEW Rampage. We don't necessarily know exactly what the show will entail, just that it will be on TNT, and now Dynamite starting next year will be on TBS. So, like, quick reactions. When you saw this announcement, like, what was going through your mind just looking at this announcement? So, very quickly, I'll just say, um, for me, I've always aligned TNT and TBS to be roughly the same. Uh, I have a somewhat of a television background, in the sense of my father worked in the television industry. I know a lot about cable networks, probably way more than the average person. And TNT and TBS, because of packaging deal with cable companies, are very closely aligned. TBS, and I think it's because of hotels, I could be wrong, but they have a little bit more traction as far as the availability into homes than TNT. But it's roughly about the same. The difference is about uh, about a million I don't see a difference as far as uh, any sort of decrease in increase in ratings because the AEW fan base is extremely faithful. They will carry them into the next brand next year to TBS. As far as Rampage, I think it's an extremely important step because they have a plethora of talent. And by having a second show that is on cable television, I believe it will allow to extend storylines. Very similar. If anybody grew up during the uh, Attitude Era when SmackDown came out, what happened on Raw made you want to tune in Thursday for SmackDown. 
I think that's exactly what's going to happen with AEW Dynamite. What happens Wednesday is going to want to make you turn into Rampage on Friday and vice versa. So I think it's an extremely positive move for AEW. If you listen to the uh, the rumors and innuendo, they got a little nice chunk of change to move over to TBS. And I think also the last part, the most important aspect of this deal is they're going to get four specials on TNT once they move to TBS. That would be very similar to the Clash of the Champions uh, specials that WCW had on TBS many years ago during from the Crockett era in 88. Everybody knows about Stinger Flair going to WCW era. So that's also extremely exciting because we know what they do with Dynamite. What are they going to do for these TV specials? I mean, it, it's going to be really exciting. So I think it's a great move for them. Uh, it, and I'm sorry, I wanted to add one more thing. The other th- part about this, too, is a big part of this is because of TNT getting the hockey, NHL hockey contract. They actually just announced Rain, Wayne Gretzky, the GOAT, the greatest hockey player of all time, will be part of the TNT coverage for the NHL when they come in the fall. And so by this move, it's going to uh, allow AW uh, not to get preemptive like they are doing. For example, there's a reason why we don't have Dynamite yesterday. It was because of the NBA playoffs. So by moving to TBS, they will, will not get preempted by uh, NHL or NBA. So it's an extremely positive move for AEW and AEW fans. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, JR covered a lot. Uh, Rampage starts August 13th. I'm looking forward to the show. Uh, just in case you didn't know or it didn't come out, they are not changing the name from the TNT title to the TBS title. It's going to remain the TNT title. Uh, I'm looking forward to the new show, the new hour. Uh, Big TK said uh, that he's looking at the idea that it's going to be the on the exact same level of Dynamite, just an extra hour on a different night. Just think they can build up big main events from Dynamite to have you uh, watch on uh, to be resolved on Rampage or to continue a storyline on Rampage. They can u- uh, use it to build new stars, people like Wardlow. You know, kind of, you know, people that have been kind of pushed to, uh, to the back uh, can be moved up to the front. Uh, we can build big monster matches that uh, and uh, that kind of stuff roll out, uh, you know, get more TV time for people. I'm looking forward to it coming uh, up. I am super excited. Uh, it's so weird because, you know, uh, was it was the first show. I was at the first Dynamite, you know. Uh, so first pay-per-view, first dynamite, and effectively because I was at the first dynamite, I was at the first dark. I was not at the first dark elevation, unfortunately, uh, but I can be at the first rampage if we found out where it is. So I am really looking forward to all of these shows going forward. I am loving the growth in AEW. Uh, you know, I believe there's the next level and it's always, and that's the great thing is you've never seen someone get into the wrestling business from outside that is just as busy sat business savvy as tk and it's just like he's always building always growing and it's like we're in a startup you know like a startup hedge fund or something and it's just so exciting to watch AD, AEW grow right now yeah yeah it's honestly crazy to see just how how quickly we're getting a second show just in AEW's lifespan and for people that were complaining about AEW Dark and Elevation like only being like YouTube shows 
they finally have a second show on television. So there's there's even more viewers. There's even more eyes on the product. There's even more wrestling to be put on TV that's AEW related. So this is nothing but a win. I'm excited. I know the comparisons immediately went to WCW Thunder when it was announced too because everything AEW does has to be compared to WCW because they're on Turner, I guess. I guess that's the case. And but, they're ran by a billionaire. So they're, yeah, they're, they're, well, there yeah. you go. Exactly. So. <laughs> Regardless, I don't like Austin. Can I say one thing about that? I I don't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, go ahead. I think I want to say this, and I know as my brother, as my brother Floyd always tells me, you're always talking to Ether Jr. No one's listening, but I want to say there's a huge difference between WCW versus AEW, and the single fact is that WCW was owned by Turner, and there are so many corporate working parts in that that makes it extremely different than Tony Khan. And the Khan family owning AEW, and then as a partnership with Turner. And if you act, if people just read about a lot of the downfall that went with WCW, and such as you know getting the Time Warner merger with AOL mm-hmm. and the Time Warner merger with Turner Networks before that, that preceded that, and the sell off of the Atlanta Hawks and the sell off of the Atlanta Braves, there's so much part of that that it it starts driving me crazy when people have those comparisons because there's so much other variables that have that will never have anything to do with AEW. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I'm also tired of those comparisons because it's not a comparison. They're remotely two different things. Yeah, they were just both on Turner Broadcasting. That's literally it. Like that's the, that's where the comparisons start and end. Yes, so. I do want to say this. I, I I do have to take a little bit of a shot because when AEW was growing up and they were in their infancy and everybody wanted us to work with New Japan. You know, it was like, well, New Japan has nothing to gain from AEW. AEW's little brother, New Japan, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> who's big brother now? Who Who's big brother now? Now, AEW would have to kind of lower themselves to work with New Japan because one company's hot, one company's not. One company doesn't even have a world champion right now. Man, that's rough. Life's rough. Things how them, things how those tur- tables turn. You know, it's just kind of funny. I was thinking about it this week, and you know, I was like, oh, I remember. I was listening to my New Japan podcast, and every week, you know, I'm running an AEW podcast, and they're like, well, I don't want us to work with AEW. Uh, all they're gonna do is use it to increase AEW. It's not gonna do anything for New Japan. Well, one of them weren't hasn't missed a show. One of them misses them all the time. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> I'm just saying you can you, you can break it down and figure out which one is which. But it was just me. It's it, this was me being petty. It it really really was, and I'm okay with that. I have accepted it. I'm not a perfect human. I'm damn near perfect, but I am not a perfect <laughs> human. And so yeah, I had to be petty there for a second. Absolutely. And again, like there's we we know very little about what Rampage is going to be. It's just nice to hear that AEW has grown enough where a second show on television is possible. It's more AEW for the fans to watch. At this point, it's a win. It's just a win for the company. It's a win for the fans. And it's going to be exciting to see. It's, it's just it's fun to watch this company grow. It's just the case. Now, before we get into anything else, when it comes to AEW, uh, Floyd, you uh, you got some you got some stuff that was posted on social media. You got to share with the folks, and it's pretty freaking dope. Yes, uh, my my lovely, lovely, perfect human being that is my wife. 
uh, she decided to do something for what is about to be my 40th birthday. Uh, she got some shoes ordered and she had a friend of hers, which is it's weird. The friend I actually went to high school with and graduated with. And then she worked with him for like a lot of years. So she's much closer with him than I was. But he was always a talented artist. He even did, when we were in high school, he actually designed our senior shirts. And they were pretty dope. Well, he has gotten to the restoration and customizing of shoes business, right? Well, I buy the Florida State and Kansas City Chiefs shoes every year. And she was like, if you were going to get some shoes, what shoes would you want? I was like, well, if I'm going to get some shoes, it'll be ones I don't have. AEW. So uh, we took the shoes to him. Uh, I guess he did the design. And I guess he showed them to my wife. And she said, you know, wait until he comes over here. Let it be a surprise. So I go over to pick it up on, I think it was yesterday. Man, it feels like two days ago. It was yesterday, and I opened up the box, and seriously, I am not lying. This is not, no cap, no cap. I I teared up when I saw uh-huh. the shoes because it's just, like, if I could have said, hey, Floyd designed a pair of AEW shoes, they would look like that, and he he got it. He got it. I, I I mean, the shoes match my personality. If you know, I am not an understated person. I live out loud. If I I don't like things, I love them. You know, I wanted you know I wanted to be like AEW threw up on a shoe, and that's basically what happened. And it, it's a beautiful, the most beautiful vomit ever. So uh, yeah, I posted them on at Floyd Nelson Jr. I post them out at AT Elite Pod. Uh, tagged a whole bunch of people in them, so you can go check them out there. Once you see them, if you happen to be a double number this weekend, definitely come say hi. But I want to most importantly, Instagram I Fix Kicks. It is at I F I X K I K. I fix kicks. It's my friend Raymond. He will restore shoes. He'll paint them up. Uh, like I said, if you, I'm pretty much going to be a walking commercial for him all weekend. Uh, you're going to hear that name a lot. I fix kicks. Dude is awesome. So, uh, yeah. JR, what did you think of the shoes? Did we lose no, Mr. I, JR? I thought, oh, there you go. I thought they were extremely beautiful. I, I'm a person that I love black shoes because I don't, me and white apparel don't mix. And I thought the black with the gold and the white, you know, logos of AEW, I just thought were perfect. I mean, when I saw the picture, you could not convince me they were not like official, you know, releases of AEW. I mean, they were, I thought, I mean, I'm not saying this because I love Floyd. I, I thought they were picture perfect, you know, legitimately like no pun intended but they were amazing i think it's definitely gonna go over well when you get to jacksonville tomorrow uh and wear those shoes so i definitely think it'll be uh, a good way to kick off the weekend pun intended yeah i want to i want to go ahead i just wanted to fix the name it's k-i-x it's at i-f-i-x-k-i-x i say k-i-k it's k-i-x so right. there you go. What were you going to say? Awesome. Oh, I was just going to say the moment I saw those things hit your feed, I was like, yeah, those are freaking dope. Like I, and people that can like do custom kicks and like really just throw some cool shit on some on a pair of shoes. Like 
shout out to them because they they like some of those designs I see people post are like insanely cool. Um, I remember back when there was a, I think it might have been done on up up down down when someone restored a pair of shoes for Becky Lynch and they were like in the style of the man and I was like. I don't even know like that's like it's such a weird canvas to do like weird art stuff but people make it look so cool so yeah be sure to go give that a foul but yeah uh give that a uh, follow but yeah the shoes that floyd got they're crazy cool and yeah yeah i can't yeah. I, i'm like they're almost so cool i don't want to wear them but i'm going to it's, wear yeah, them it's everywhere like, it's like yeah <laughs> yeah i'm gonna wear them everywhere i'm gonna make sure i'm gonna find a way to make sure tk sees them <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah you gotta make that happen now we're not going to do a full review of the AEW Dynamite that took place last Wednesday. Um, I guess we could do like maybe a couple quick thoughts, honestly. Um, the 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 promo that was done with Miro I thought was really great. I loved um, Anthony Agogo looking like a beast and seeing Serena Deeb. There wasn't too much necessarily that I wanted to talk about a ton on this show, uh, about about this show, except for the fact that the main event with uh, Hollywood Blondes and Nick and the and the Young Bucks was great, and fucking John Moxley and Eddie Kingston stealing the Young Bucks shoes is now my new favorite moment of 2021. I love, just they just take their shoes and socks and run off with them. Fucking love Kingston and Moxley. It was so it was so great. That's all I gotta say at least for a quick like call back to that does anyone got anything they want to say about the previous dynamite before we get into our previews uh miro and lance archer i mean it is yes. that promo and them telling each other and he's like i know everybody dies but you're going to be first i i don't care it that was like the coolest line of the night other than max max caster's uh max caster's line about um what did he say he 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 said uh, Renee Young, uh, Young hits him up for some oral sessions. Other yeah, than that, that okay. those are the lines of the night. I just thought it was a solid show, and I think one of those things that I'm like I'm not talking about big, but people just have to really understand that you know not every show is going to be you know and not everybody show is going to be, but this is what you know I want a standard show to be. If this is like what. A regular episode of Dynamite is, I'm okay with it because it was just it was just a solid show. Jr., you got anything you want to share about uh, what you thought about the previous Dynamite? Just real quick off the top, I'll say uh, two things to, to really spotlight two two individuals. The first one is Red Velvet. You know, I'll be completely honest. When I first saw Red Velvet, I just thought she was cannon fodder. I just thought she was a fill in the blank, you know, talent and while working with Cody and then getting into with the Shaq and Jay Cargo. And I'd love, Floyd would tell you, I'm obsessed with Jay Cargo. I think she's much, she's going to be money for AEW. But Red Velvet is a really talented star. I mean, we all know what Serena Deep could do in the ring, but I think this match really also just showed Red Velvet is extremely talented into the ring. Um, and I would like to see more of her in the women's division. And I'm so happy to see Miro get a spot that he, I think, has rightly earned and has deserved in professional wrestling for the last six years. And, I mean, I don't want to draw comparisons to WWE or bring it up because I'll say AEW. But I'll be honest, like, I was there. I remember the buildup of Bruce of Day 
and Rusev had one of the highest, if not the highest selling shirt from fall 2017 through mm. WrestleMania New Orleans. And it was a failed capitalization on his momentum. And I had a chance to meet Rusev that weekend. And I still have a side poster from him, or and now Miro. And he was so over with the crowd. And he looks just like a monster. And when he came in over to AEW, I was just, I was really like poo-pooed on it because I was like, why are we doing this best man thing? But now that we finally get the monster Miro, and, and he just, the way he looks, he, I mean, he really does look like Zangief from Street Fighter, but he is a monster, and he is Zangief from Street Fighter, and I'm just so glad he got that spotlight, and I hope he has a long reign as TNT champion. I just I just love Miro, and I wish nothing but success for him, so I'm yeah. glad to see that. Yeah, another another line of that part too is when he references Jake Ro- Jake the Snake, and he goes like, "Look, you get you get close to me, Yoga ain't gonna be able to save your ass." And that was <laughs> loved, loved that line. Yeah, and yeah, I was also in New Orleans for that mania. They were chanting Rusev Day from the moment I entered the Superdome to the moment I left the Superdome. Like, they just left it. They dropped the ball on that, and seeing Miro back in wrestling on AEW. With the TNT title, he's going to do gangbusters with it. I know it. This is exactly where we were building towards when he was first signed, and it's paid off, and I know it's going to go crazy for him. But regardless, we got to get into our previews for AEW Dynamite, for Friday Night Dynamite, which you guys, when you hear this episode, it'll be tonight. So going into the show, we don't know what order this is going to be in. We're just going to go down of everything that was announced. So... We have Darby Allen versus Cesar Bononi in singles competition. And I see this match as Darby Allen trying to build himself back up after he, he's been beat up by Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. He lost his TNT title to Miro. He's trying to build up some wins on himself. And possibly this is where uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page maybe continue to get involved, uh, though they have something going on in the show as well. Um, and yeah, Darby's been carrying that TNT title. He's been the face of the network for for a good while now and he's start he, this kind of moving down in terms of his card placement, I'm sure, just because he's no longer champion. It's understandable and I love Darby, but it's he's got to he's got to build himself back up and like kind of work his way back to where he's got to be for a possible rematch with Miro. But I'm glad that he's kind of just like taking a back seat a little bit cuz he was he was just running and running and like there was no end to the hype with Darby Allen. I think it's good to give yourself, pull yourself back, make the fans clamor for you to be at the top of the card again, and then that's when you kind of go for it. When people are like, "No, we want Darby," and then that's when you go. So, but he, his TNT run was amazing. I loved it, and I think um, he'll be back in that picture very soon. But yeah, this is a very quick win for Darby for him to get some um get his win back. But I am excited to see Cesar Bononi on on Dynamite though. I'm excited to see how him and Darby work it up in the ring though. Uh JR, we'll go to you first on this. Thoughts on how this match is gonna go and how uh possible I guess we'll go yeah, we'll do predictions. Yeah. Who you think is going over on this? Um real quick I, I want to bring this up because I've seen all over social media. For those of you who are not aware, um Cesar Baroni's wife is battling leukemia. Yes. And if you go to his uh, go to his Twitter page, and actually if you go to a lot of uh, of AEW talent's Twitter page, uh, for example, I was trying to find how he spells Caesar's last name, and um, six hours ago, as of us recording, which on my time on the West Coast is uh, eight 
8 p.m. West Coast, Thursday, May 27th. Uh, six hours ago, uh, Big Swell actually tweeted about it. Um, there is a GoFundMe to help out the family. His wife, like I said, unfortunately, is bad leukemia. Um, you know, I've unfortunately have had a friend who passed away from a, a, from a similar from breast cancer. I know what these type of cancers can do and affects people, and it's very horrible on the family. So, um, if you can, you know, please donate. Even if you can't, just a retweet makes a lot of difference because it helps spread the word about uh, awareness about leukemia. And maybe somebody else can donate. So I just want to say that um, at first. Um, on top of that, you know, Darby Allen versus Cesar Baroni. Obviously, this is a match to spotlight Darby Allen heading into the double or nothing and to showcase what he can do and give him that momentum going in. I honestly fully expect some sort of running from Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky to kind of give us that, that heat going into uh, Sunday's double or nothing. So I'll take Darby Allen for the win as well as a run-in from um, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Yeah, um, I, I'm i going to look at it. And, and the great thing about this is um, with Cesar Manani, uh, it's a very uh, – Cesar Manani and um, Darby Allen, it's a very, you know, noticeable, identifiable uh, uh, competition – the big man versus little guy. And great thing is Darby's never been a dominating champion. So I think this is going to be an opportunity for Caesar as a big guy in the roster to look really good. And, uh, you know, Darby will overcome it and overcome it and get the win. Also definitely, uh, you know, I, again, I, I, I completely agree with JR, which is, I don't think it's really thing, anything to agree with, but if you can get out there and donate to uh caesar's family uh as her, as his wife fights leukemia that would be awesome yeah absolutely yeah i'm very, i'm really glad jr brought that up but going into what we have next too uh we got hikaru shida celebrating her one year anniversary as aew women's champion she is the longest reigning champion in aew right now and I will also mention, too, because I saw some other reports uh, that were circulating about uh, Hikaru Shida and her her AEW title run and her what she's been doing in AEW. Because I know she is she said how she wants more promo time. She wants more time to really develop her character, really get to speak her mind and get some time to really get uh, the fans on her side, I think. Because I think the the whole the whole perception of Hikaru Shida as AEW women's champion is that she was the pandemic champion. She was the champion when the women's division was struggling and Britt Baker is going to be the one that really puts that title on the map and takes it off and goes crazy with it. And I'm sure Hikaru Shida really wants to change the narrative and like really try to develop herself way more in the eyes of the fans. Um, and I wanted to bring that up uh, going into this uh, segment because I assume it's... Um, this could possibly be an interview segment where she celebrates that, uh, where Britt Baker interrupts, or maybe it's a quick match and then she does an interview. But I want to get your guys' thoughts, too, on just that report that was going around where it was like she wants more time on the mic so she can really like kind of like from what it seems like is win a lot of doubters, win a lot of fans over with uh, how she's perceived. I just want to pick your brain, uh, pick your brains on that one. So Jr. first off on that thoughts on everything with Hikaru Shida and like what's what's been going around with her. Um, 
how do I, I'm trying to find the proper words to put my thoughts. Um, I think the term pandemic champion is a proper term. I mean, if people remember Double or Nothing 2020 when she won, I mean, there was a period where you, like, just even have professional wrestling, an event was almost considered impossible. Because if you look at leading up to Double or Nothing, they had those dynamites in, I believe, the Nightmare Factory in Georgia. And, I mean, they literally, all that stuff was taped. Because literally at any moment, they're waiting for the government to come in and shut them down and say, you cannot, you cannot do this. And I think when they did Double or Nothing, it was like you could even have ten people, more than 10 people inside of a ring at one time. That is one of the reasons why we got, in my opinion, the casino ladder match instead of the casino battle royale. And so yeah, it was a very rough go, especially in those first three months of her being champion, because who could travel, who couldn't travel? And, I mean, there was periods where we saw, you know, I believe we got to full gear and it seemed like almost a, it was a week before full gear and she didn't have a match. And it was just like, well, let's give her another rose. Cause we're basically giving Nyla a rematch from the, that she lost going back to double or nothing 2020. It had, and the women's division is very, they have a lot of raw talent. And as we're progressing and coming to a sense of normalcy out of the pandemic, we're seeing stars like Serena Deeb, like Red Velvet. When I, when I mean stars, I mean quality talent. And that's really important because they signed individuals in the beginning that were extremely raw. Rick Baker, in my opinion, is going to be the, the face and the future of AEW Women's Division. But when they signed her in January 2019 in the beginning, she was, in my opinion, in that spotlight, extremely green and potentially wasn't ready for it. And I think they've done a lot of audibles and changes in the last two years. And so um, I just don't think she may have got a fair shake as champion, even though being champion for a year, she doesn't have a lot of matches as far as on Dynamite. But I th- it's one of those things where it's it's unfortunately it's she is a victim of circumstance. And the circumstance was the COVID-19 pandemic. And, um, you know, hopefully down the line, she gets another opportunity to be a W champion. And I think it is you know, it's great that she was champion for a year, but it's just, it's unmemorable. And it's nothing, it's not her fault. And in a lot of, and it's a lot of ways, it's not EW's fault. It's just, you know, it, it's a victim of circumstance. And I, I can't say anything else besides that. Uh, Sheeta, uh, for me, is exactly what AEW needed. They needed a steady hand at champion. Uh, she moved to America to be the ace, to be the steady hand of the women's division. And literally she has held the belt until other wrestlers were ready. Cause at the time when she became the champion, it was like, she was the clearly the best wrestler on the roster. And what you were putting on TV every week for the women's division really didn't deserve to be put on TV. But in that time, since she's been champion, they have added Serena Deeb. They've added Thunder Rosa. Uh, Dustin Rhodes and Rosa and Deed all have started working with the women's division. You have seen uh, Chris Statler has gotten injured. Statlander has gotten injured and came back, so that that helped the women's division. You've seen everyone get better collectively. 
everyone got better. Uh, from Ty Conti to uh, The Bunny to uh, Big Swole, like everybody got better. The women's division is now ready to give Sheeta actual challengers and be featured every week on the show. Uh, that's, you know, speaking to the Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker match, which at this point in time is the highest rated match in AEW history at this point. So AEW television match in history. So, um, yeah, it's just she is exactly what needed. It's just like it's like when you uh, it's like college football, to use the college term. It's like when you have this really solid red shirt senior quarterback. And you have this hotshot, five-star, blue-chip freshman that you have, but he's not quite ready yet. But you need him to hold it down. You need that senior to hold it down and give you a season, give you nine to ten wins while that uh, blue-chipper gets ready to take you to that next step. That's what I felt like Hikaru Shida was to the AEW women's division and the blue-chipper that's about to take that next step. I think eventually, I don't know, you know, you'll hear my thoughts on it, but you got Britt Baker ready. You got Thunder Rosa ready. You, I mean, in essence, if in an emergency, you got Chris Statlander ready. You have a lot of good, solid talent. The roster, the women's division is much deeper. I think you can put a hat and thank Sheeta for that. Yeah, I think that's a fair shake, honestly. Um after this, uh, we have Miro versus Dante Martin. Miro is obviously, like we've said before, we know as a TNT champion, he is going to run rough shot through anybody that comes up to try to take that title away from him. We're still building to win him and Lance Archer face off at double or nothing for the TNT title, which is going to be a match of just monstrous proportion. This match, super quick title, super quick match to make Miro look like a beast. Possibly Lance Archer gets involved afterwards or even during the match, maybe. But regardless, um, we get to see the TNT champion Miro in action. I think it'll be fun. Anything really quickly, JR, you really want to share on this match? I know it's kind of a quick one to get through. Yeah, um, did we, I, I think apologize. it's on mute. I apologize. I had it on, I had it on mute because I, oh, I no, want to make sure I have no background noise. Um, no, I, I 100% agree with you. I mean, a lot of what we're going to see tomorrow, and that way, too, I'll just, to get ahead, is really to set up double or nothing, which is what, this is the go-home show, and that's where we should get to, so we're definitely going to, you know, see a lot of that, so, I mean, I I see a Miro squash, and then we're going to see something very similar to what you just said. Yeah, mm-hmm. if this match lasts collectively more than five minutes, and that's interest is included, I'll be shocked. That's pretty much all I have to say. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Um, then this is a fun little match that we got announced, too. We get Hangman Adam Page versus Joey Janela. So we get the match of who was formerly known as the Joey Killer. Uh, Hangman Adam Page is going to be facing off against Joey Janela. It feels like it's like the start of AEW back at, or like it feels like we're back at all in all of a sudden with this stuff. Um, I think this will be a lot of a really fun match. I, I'd like, I'm loving Hangman Adam Page, um, and we get to see Joey Janela on Dynamite, which I, 
I know he's not everybody's cup of tea, but I can't I can't say I'm never hap- not happy to see Joey ever show up on Dynamite or when he's got a match. When he teamed with Sonny, I thought it was great, too. So I'm excited for this match, though. Hangman is 100% going to beat Joey Janela. Um, JR, thoughts on this match real quick? Yeah, you know what? Um, it's crazy to think about I, the last time, I, and I could be wrong, but the last time we saw them in the ring together... Or at least the last time I saw him in the ring together was was All In 2018, which was, you know, obviously everybody knows All In was a precursor to AEW. So they had that crazy match. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely would like to see what this iteration is. And I I just came back from Las Vegas for my birthday weekend a few weeks ago. And I got a chance to see Joey Janela. I love me some, you know, bad boy Joey Janela as well. But I'm a I mean, I'm a cowboy, just like my favorite cowboy wrestler hangman out of page so you know we're gonna shoot for the sky and we're gonna see a, a hangman victory and give him that momentum building into uh double or nothing so on dark this week uh joey janela i don't wouldn't call it a full hill turn because he didn't like actually attack sunny kiss but sunny kiss was being attacked and janela just kind of left him there so maybe we see an edgier Janela, a more heelish Janela. I've uh, recently reported that uh, it's been recently reported that Janela has re-signed with AEW for another year. So hopefully they'll be doing more with Janela. I have never been the biggest Joey Janela fan, but I have definitely expect more expected more than what has been done with him so far. So maybe this will be a time to kind of reboot his character and we can get the Joey Janela that I hear everyone loves on the indies. Yeah, I think I think that could be 100% the case with this match. Up after this, we have uh, the Dark Order members, Uno, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson teaming to face off against Scorpio Sky and All Ego Ethan Page. The previous week on Dynamite, when Scorpio Sky and... Ethan Page were getting beat up by Darby Allen and Sting. They tried to run out, and the Dark Order blocked them off. And this is the, I guess, payoff to uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page trying to get at the Dark Order for almost causing them to get beaten even more so by Sting and Darby Allen. So I am 100% for this match. Uh, I do find it actually quite interesting, um, just like uh, talking about Dark Order now, just where... Like, I believe it was either a couple days ago or so that was the anniversary of the first Double or Nothing. And the response that the Dark Order got when they first debuted was not good. But seeing where they are now is genuinely nice to see. And I love how they flipped so quickly of being um, possibly a fan favorite faction in some people's eyes in AEW. But I think this match will be a lot of fun. If anything, um, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, I think, would deserve well, would need the win more so. So if I would predict uh, a winner of this match, I would go with Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. And them two together, um, didn't think of them as a team. When they were announced for Elevation, I was like, this is a cool one-off. And then when I saw them continuing to team together and work together, I was like, you know what? This actually works really well. And Scorpio, as much as he was a chill dude to me when I met him, um, well, on the many occasions that I've met him, um, he does a heel character really, really good. So I got Sky and Ethan Page on this. But we'll go to JR with this match. Thoughts going into it? Okay. Um, I do agree. Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky 
is probably going to get the win. I, I have to tell a story because it is like a very small claim to fame I have. Sure. So we know that we just had the two-year anniversary of the first ever Double or Nothing win, and this is where, at the time, we didn't know what their name were. It'd be Super Smash Brothers, eventually Dark Order, had debuted uh, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. When literally the exact moments that they, they were debuting, I had got up, and I, I don't know if I was you, I think it was to grab a drink. I ran into WrestleInc.com's Nick Houseman and one of the most famous wrestling journalists of all time, Bill After. And they had just went to grab something to eat. And I stopped them and I said, hey, you know, I'm a big fan. And Bill After started talking to me. And Nick Houseman, you know, he sees the TV screen and sees Dark, sees Dark Order, you know, debuting in the middle of that tag match. And he and I can't remember the exact words he used, but he's basically saying, he's like, hey, Bill, we have, um, you know, we have a, a situation going on over here. And, and Bill looks and has this, this expression like, son, you know how many, you know, storylines and situations I've seen in my lifetime professional wrestling. <laughs> and then he went back to to ask me, you know, you know, questions kind of like, you know, where I grew up. And, you know, because he was trying to find out, you know, the type of wrestling that was in my area and tell me about some of the history. It's him, I, and because of that moment, I took a picture with Nick Houseman and Bill After, two of the the greatest human beings I've ever met in my life. I have so much love for Bill After and Nick Houseman, but it was during that moment that Dark Order debuted, and I even I had to tell Bill, I was like, "Hey, this is kind of crazy, right?" Because I was like, "I, you know, just I didn't know if he was out, you know, he's such a legend. I don't even know if he's even working anymore. If he's still doing what he was doing, at you know, when I remember growing up, you know, reading his stuff, so." But yeah, I love those guys, and it's just I, every time I see Dark Order, especially when they came up with Evil Uno about their anniversary, I always think about that moment. It was it was really a, a, an amazing moment because I just I love wrestling journalism. I love those guys. So, um, but yeah, and I love me some Dark Order. Um, yeah, in the beginning it was bad, but you know the late Brody Lee, you know when he debuted, it really changed the course of the Dark Order, and and um, I think also giving opportunities for. Um, I mean, my opinion, one of the greatest unsung heroes of AEW, John Silver, to be able to talk and do his thing has really done a lot for them. I miss the bad dark. I miss the bad dark order with the conflicted Colt Cabana. <laughs> I'll, I'll be real. I mean, I understand why they did what they did for Brody, but I want Evil Uno to come out there. Uh, I mean, negative one to come out there, slap the crap out to him, and say, "Get the Dark Order back the way it used to be." I that, can understand that. Yeah, because it's just, it's just, they are such a comedy mid-card act, and I love comedy. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'll tell anybody, R-Truth is one of my favorite people in wrestling. I just love that guy, because he takes whatever he gets and makes it funny. But the Dark Order was, to me, cool. It was like they were evil, and they were trying to recruit people, and, and they were trying to manipulate people, and I love that. It was like, Everything I love about wrestling, soap opera stuff. Love it. And then it was just like, oh, we're nice and love everybody now. Screw that. Get back to being <laughs> get back to being assholes. There you go. That's that's your message from Floyd. Uh <laughs> go back to being assholes and yeah. There uh, Yeah, know. but uh Scorpio and Ethan are gonna win. Yes. So you have twenty four hours to respond, Dark Order. You go back to being assholes. We then have a celebration of the inner circle. Or as I like to call it, the Last Supper of the Inner Circle. Because 
I don't see them like we'll get into the predictions for this when we talk about Stadium Stampede. But Inner Circle, basically, I would say besides what will happen eventually on the next week of Dynamite, I would say having one of their first their last like big moments together before the pinnacle comes and shits all over it. It'll be a great build, I'm sure, leading into the Stadium Stampede match at Double or Nothing. And just thinking about how successful the dark order i mean not the dark order the the inner circle has been just since since dynamite showed up and how chris jericho quickly aligned himself with all these guys that he wanted to bring with him to the top and it just it was so easily bought into the moment that it was created and i know for a fact that what like when the dark when the when the inner circle does break up if they lose at the match at uh double or nothing or if they break up further down the line if that's not the case um there's no way nobody on that team is going to do bad for themselves they have they've they've protected each one of them so well that i know that there's 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 a bright future for all of those guys in the inner circle but i'm i'm expecting a lot of fun stuff for this little celebration but again it's it's their last supper if i would say anything jr you got anything you want to say on this uh, no, I'm, I'm good. All right. Hey, hey, we're going to get a special guest from uh, Eric Bischoff. I'm excited to be there. That is true. Yes. yes. Uh, Eric I mean, this whole set show is kind of segment heavy because the matches basically could be on dark or dark elevation, but the, the, the segments is what's going to sell the show. And it's like Chris Jericho, Eric Bischoff on a mic, probably going to see, uh, probably going to get an appearance from the greatest faction in wrestling today, the Pinnacle. Yeah, we'll probably get a little bit of that. I mean, I'm excited for this segment. I think, honestly, after the, after the show, I am glad I'm going to be live. I'm gonna, glad I'm going to be in a full attendance, people around me. I'm going to be sitting next to my homegirl, Tiffany, loving it. But, yeah, this is the thing I'm most excited about from Dynamite. I mean, well, second most, you know what. You know what's coming. It's number of one. Of course, yes. All, all right. We have after this is what Floyd is looking forward to the most is the Cody, Cody Rose and Anthony Agogo weigh in leading into their match at Double or Nothing. Now it's a weigh in, so we know there's going to be a lot of words said in between, and of course, a possible face off. We know how these things go. What I want to talk about though is, um, and especially I think Floyd too. I'm sure he's he he might want to share some stuff on this too. Is the response that people were giving to because uh, of course there was a double or nothing uh, press call that was going around that was going on. Uh, I believe it was either today or yesterday. And the one thing that seems to be taken away uh, from from that is when Cody talked about that that promo he cut on Dynamite. Where he was building up America and doing really like digging into the America versus UK storyline going in with him and Anthony Agogo. And he talked about how that promo was focus grouped and workshopped, and fans just seemed like the moment he said that was just like, oh, is that this? Is that so? And we're really giving him shit. The, the one thing I saw the most, the one tweet I saw that I was like, oh, God, was. They took that tweet and then replied the focus group, and it was the it was the white nationalist pictures with them with tiki torches, and I was just like Jesus Christ, like uh, Floyd. I don't know, I don't know, because you probably are more familiar of like what Cody haters look like, but like man, when I saw that, I was like Jesus, man, like 
Holy crap! That's that's a, that's a sight to see. But this weigh-in is going to be a lot of fun. But I wanted to pick. We'll go. I want to go to Floyd on this first. Just the responses that people get, had to him saying about that promo, and just the prom the responses that the promo has gotten to. It's it's so split. Either people loved it or they hated it. So no. I, I want to pick. I want to pick Floyd's brain on this because it's his guy. I, I don't just mean it. I I, I don't mean it in, by in a popularity standpoint at all. But I am talking about uh, in the way that he is polarizing. Cody is AEW's John Cena. You yes. you either love him or you fucking hate him, <laughs> and it's just the way it is. And if Cody Cody gives to charity, people's like he should have gave more than charity. You're trying you're trying to get something else out of it. Uh, Cody cuts a promo about loving America. That means you hate black people somehow. And you brought up the fact that you're married a black woman. That means you think you're a civil rights icon. I mean, I mean seriously. No matter what this man does, there is a group of people that are going to hate him for it, and then there is a group of people that are gonna love him for it. Yes, if you break down. If you break down his promo, all he did was say stuff he liked about America. And he made it clear that America's not perfect. He referenced his boss, uh, his boss's, uh, I guess it would technically be his boss, as in Shaheed Khan. He referenced uh, Bruno San Martino, one of the greatest, uh, you know, greatest careers in wrestling history. He referenced all those people. He even said, hey, in this world, in this city that I live and I love Atlanta, I couldn't be in the relationship that I it was uh, that I'm in 60 years ago, and now I can be in the relationship. So he was like, "Yeah, stuff's not perfect, but I still love America." I fucking it, it, somehow you're a white nationalist for saying that, and I'm just like, I'm not going to defend it because I'm not hearing that I'm not defending it because you know why? It doesn't need to be defended. You can like your country if you want to. It shouldn't be this big thing <laughs> for cutting a promo saying you love the country that you live in, that you're a horrible human being. Why is that? If you don't hate America, you're you suck. I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I truly don't. This is not me being obtuse. This is not me protecting Cody or anything. I don't understand why people are upset. <laughs> and I'm not trying to be not self-aware. I'm really trying to pay attention. I don't get it. Only thing I can see in it. He's, he was born into money. He is successful. He is attractive. He has a super hot wife. So people hate him. And that's the way it's going to be. People do not like people that they believe that were born on third base. All well, you'll get over it. That's my All thought. Right. <laughs> All right, uh, Jr. Anything else you want to add to what he said? This is such. I mean, honestly, I could be here for an hour to explain everything, and we don't have time for that. Um, it. I'll try to summarize my words within sixty seconds. I, I think everybody knows in the last year. Um specifically especially last year but even longer than that america is a very divided country and anytime you reference america some side of 
a group is going to think one way or another versus you. Um, I mean, it's, you know, if you, if you take a knee during the national anthem, you, you hate the military, you hate America. If you, if you stand at attention, as, as, as Floyd said, then you hate, you know, black people. Um, it's, it's a very, we're in a, our society is in a very volatile situation and it's not getting better. I mean, let's just be real. I mean, and now we're not, we're not talking about wrestling. So I think that already was already, uh, like Cody going down the path is, was already a difficult promo. Like, and Floyd can tell you when Cody had that American dream promo, I DM'd him like immediately, like, where is he going with? He you? was still he cutting the. He was still cutting the promo, and Jr. knew yes. it was problematic. He knew it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's just because of like, and Floyd will tell you, I've, I've, you know, because of the pandemic, I've been working from home since March, literally March 18, 20, I've been working from home, and I've kind of, I stayed up on all these current events and all that stuff, and I'm over sixty seconds now, but I've already kind of seen where this is gonna go. Um, I'll actually take Floyd to a different, you know, trajectory. I will say Cody Rhodes is very reminiscent of Triple H, circa early two thousand. You know, where Triple H, Triple H has only got ahead because he's married the boss's Oof. daughter. Triple H is only this because he's married the boss's daughter. So that is because that is an actual fact, more apt comparison than John Cena. Yeah. Um, and so because Cody and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Our executive vice presidents, um, and I think people have this. They think um, Cody and the Young Bucks and Floyd will tell you. I've, I've sent him stuff that I've heard about that they have underlining views that are different than what a significant portion of AEW fans have. That they are virtually virtue signaling, or they think assert, or they're saying something that's different than what they're initial tensions are I'm, I'm really playing hopscotch because i'm not trying to offend anybody because i just don't want that's not the purpose of this podcast uh, uh, myself i mean if um, you haven't noticed i offend everyone so go for it <laughs> so it, it i mean if cody would just said hey listen motherfucker you broke my rib by hitting that that shot you almost put me out of work and you almost you know which means i couldn't put food on my table for my wife and future child, everybody, nobody would have said anything, but it's just, it's just part of just, you know, our current situation because of our volatile society is. So he's already going to get hate because he's an executive vice president. I mean, immediately he's going to get hate. And then because of the promo he cut and he's going to get, you know, he's going to an area that, and to be honest, a white cis male talking about current societal issues um many individuals think they shouldn't be talking about because then when they think of white it smells they think of far-right conservatism i mean that's in my opinion and i stand by that statement as a as a mexican that's what i see you know when i look at all the different news and when you bring that thing into when you bring it to professional wrestling it's just it's very weird. We're just in a, it's a very volatile situation that we're in in society. And it's not going to change. I mean, this is, I'm being honest, it's not going to change. I mean, it's just how things are right now. I will tell you this everything changes. It might get worse, 
It might get better, oh, but exactly. everything it, changes. It, it, it's probably going to get worse, I mean, but it's not going to get, you know, the next two years, it's not going to get better. But. Everything changes, but I, I like I said, uh, I am looking forward to this weigh-in. I think Anthony Agogo has everything, everything, every imaginable tool to be a megastar. And I w- I've been saying this for weeks. This is not me just like, oh, and I was saying this before he even debuted on TV. The guy is handsome. He's English. He has a legit fighting background. He's an Olympic medalist. I mean, he can talk. I mean, he's big. There is nothing this guy doesn't have. It is just like, as long as his eye can hold up and nothing happens to him injury-wise, he is definitely somebody that they can build this roster behind he can be a heel he can be a baby face i am just like i even said uh i don't i've told from my friends that are close to me um i've told my friends that are close to me that ogogo is my favorite wrestler in waiting as in the moment cody retires my new favorite wrestler is anthony ogogo it's just that simple. I just think he has everything. But it's wrestling, and a lot of things can go wrong. I hope none of that happens to him. I, I will say, if we actually talk about the wrestling portion now, is that this is a very interesting ma- uh, matchup because I there's no way that I think anybody would have expected Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Gogo for double or nothing. Um, uh, you know, uh, we hear, we've heard... Uh, hold on, uh, Austin. What did I say? Who did I say Cody was going to be wrestling at uh, Double or Nothing, sir? Anthony Gogo. You oh, yeah. said that. You yeah, said that, sir. Before anyone, anyone. When did you say that? A uh, month ago, before the, before he even punched Cody. <laughs> I see when, 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 the, when the fact when the factory and, uh, and when it started, I was like, "This is I say this is not building to Cody and QT. This is building to Cody and a Gogo from the beginning." Yeah, but- <laughs> you had a better eye on that than than I will say. How many people watch AEW? Average a million people. You have a better eye than nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine people because I will say, there, I just there's no way. And the reason is because we've heard a lot about Anthony Gogo, and I know you and I Floyd, have talked about it because uh, when he started doing announcing for Dark, I heard him talk, and obviously he has the credentials. Which you know when you look at similar. Olympians, like whether it's Mark Henry or you look at, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm now I'm losing my train of thought, but like Kurt Angle, anybody that has those like athletic backgrounds, um, you like, you know, they have something that there's a lot of potential with them. But I personally did not think it was going to come this soon to be put in this role because you're going in there, and I, don't, I will say this, and I don't give a damn what anybody says. Cody Rhodes is in the top three single stars of AEW. You wrestle Cody Rhodes, it's going to be something significant. You're going to get a spotlight put on you. So for him to go from never having a match to a few squashes to being in a feature key matchup at Double or Nothing in his essentially his first big spot, I mean, that is, that's pretty epic. And, you know, obviously... Cody's going to get an amazing match out of him be- than anybody else could because we saw what Cody did with Shaq. I mean, and, and, I mean, they train together. They literally so, train together. So there. Yeah, I mean, and Cody's not going to, there's no way Cody will allow this to fail. I mean, just like, and I told, I, I remember the last time I had talked with like the Shaq match, I told 
Well, you know, I was like, I'm I'm extremely confident that Shaq and Jade, that match is going to be epic because Cody will not allow this to fail. He does not have it in him to allow this to fail. And he will not allow this to fail. He will. This will be probably one of the most successful matches on the entire show because it's in Cody to make sure it doesn't fail because he has to prove the naysayer wrong. My question, though, is at the end of the day is who wins? Because if Anthony wins, I mean, he's, there's nothing but, I mean, the title after that, there's not, you know, you beat Cody, you beat one of the top three stars of AEW. Yeah, it's, he's, he, in it's, it's, I see it's Anthony Agogo for sure, but we'll get into that. Um, and all the other, uh, double or nothing predictions. I want to wrap up real quick. The last thing about dynamite. And before we get into double or nothing stuff and our preview and our predictions, uh, we're going to get a quick response to Kenny Omega from one orange Cassidy the week before on dynamite, Kenny Omega and Don Callis was coming to orange Cassidy after he got beat up and injured being like, you sign this piece of paper. Uh, you can't wrestle. You're injured. It's like it it relinquishes you from the match, and you get a match against Kenny Omega down the road, down the line. He takes that and slowly rips up that contract, and then Kenny Omega and Don Callis gets mad, and Orange Cassidy will be on mic to respond to Kenny Omega, and this is where we see Orange Cassidy sell this match just by giving a shit. So this is where this is the moment in the feud where he gives a shit. And I'm sure Pac, I bet, will get involved as well, since honestly, you shouldn't leave him out in terms of this match because he's a huge part of it as well. Um, but this should be a really cool segment too. Orange Cassidy and Kenny Omega are, like I said, the the build of these two guys going back and forth has been fun to watch. Um, though again, I want to see Pac interject too because he needs to be involved in this as well because I mean he's a part of the freaking match so. JR, before we get into Double or Nothing, thoughts on what you think this little segment will be for, for Orange Cassidy and Kenny Omega? Um, Kenny Omega, I think, is the bit, the biggest star of AEW. And, you know, Orange Cassidy, I some days I'm like, I love that dude. Some days I'm like, I don't get that dude. Um, I just, I find it very hard to pinpoint, like, what's his position in the company. But... I, I'm just very weird. It's I have a, just a weird feeling about this whole triple threat match. Um, I know that I just I don't I don't have a feeling about it. It's, it. I can't put into words, and it makes me a very horrible guess because I can't express my feelings because I don't know how to feel about it. To be com- frankly honest. All right. Well, then we'll go. Yeah, Floyd. Thoughts on what this is going to be like and uh, how this is going to go. All I want. All I want done is Orange Cassidy to admit that it, the logical thing to do would be to wait. I need him to say that. Yes. Because it's the logical thing. Why would you give yourself a 33% chance of winning when you can have a one-on-one match? It makes the most sense. It, 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 really liter- it literally, like, it, it was like, the worst, the the best heels are the ones that tell the truth. Don Callis and Kenny Omega laid it out. It's actually beneficial to both of them. He signs that Kenny wrestles, you know, uh, Kenny wrestles Pac, Pac. 
you know, and what we've known, the verbal agreements, Tony holds up. So Kenny wrestles uh, Pack. The winner wrestles Orange Cassidy. Why wouldn't you just wait? <laughs> it just makes sense. But and as long as he acknowledges that it doesn't make any sense, but you know what? Even though they gave him his word, even though they got it on paper, he doesn't trust them as far as they can throw him. And that's what we're going to do. I doubt Orange Cassidy says all of that, but, you know, does it in the cool way with his thumbs up and thumbs down or whatever way he wants to do it. But I just need that acknowledged because almost any of us would just wait and just take the next match. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> why make it why make it harder for you to win the title when you got to fight two people instead of one? So, regardless, that's everything for Friday Night Dynamite that will be taking place. Um we'll move right in to our preview for AEW Double or Nothing live this Sunday, May 30th. We first can talk about the Casino Battle Royale. So the people that will be featured in this match are Christian Cage, Matt Seidel, Powerhouse Hobbs, Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn, Evil Uno, Ten, Cole Cabana, Jungle Boy, Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman Jr., Mac, Max Cassiter, Anthony Bowens, QT Marshall, Nick Camarado, Dustin Rhodes, Lee Johnson, Penta El Zero The Blade, and the Mystery Joker who will be in the match as well. So the prediction is going to go as follows. Who is the Joker and who wins the match? So I'll go to I'll go to JR on this one. Uh, who's going to be the Joker? Who's going to be the winner of this match? So one of my friends threw out a name that's, I think, very interesting. That Some people may think it's too easy. Some people may think it's um, didn't expect it. But my Joker is going to be somebody who's going to make their in-ring debut for AEW that is already signed with AEW and will be on commentary for this match, and that is Paul White. All right. And my winner for the Casino Battle Royale is... um, I'm going to go with Christian Cage because I feel that they're going to revisit Christian Cage versus versus the AEW World Champion in the near future. All right, we'll go to Floyd. Okay, so um, my uh, entrant is the person that will be wrestling Kenny Omega in the Omega in the main event of Triple A, Triple A, Triple Mania. I think that's what it's called. It is the one and only Andrade. I think he will be the guy that it, he is a free agent. Uh, he even if it's not a permanent thing, I think just for the name, just to kind of break the Internet, he's going to be the guy. I am boring with my pick to a winner because I completely agree with uh, completely agree with Jr. It's going to be Mr. Outwork Everyone, Christian Cage. What better to LA to outwork everyone than to beat them in a battle royal? And that sets up a match, you know, that midsummer. They need that match between. Uh, you know, double or nothing, that big match between double or nothing and all out to get us to all out. And I think Christian Cage, a good build up on that for about four to six weeks, build it up to a big dynamite. There you go. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think Andrade can win because you don't want to step on triple eight, triple manias uh, match, but you can have Andrade kind of hanging around and you can, uh, in, uh, triple A. And, 
you know, AEW are working together, you can use his relationship in AEW because their roster so deep. He doesn't have to be on there every week that you can use it to build up to the match with Kenny Omega. Boom. All right. Then for my prediction, I will go off the wall batshit crazy with it, and I will say the mystery predict the mystery entrant, the Joker, and the winner of the match is Brian Danielson. Because the, I'm just putting that energy out there. The it won't wor- happen, but I'm the, putting it out there. The world, my head, and everything will explode. I'm like, uh, I will be in the third row, uh, and I want you to find me because if Daniel Ryan go, I will go fucking nuts. I will probably miss the first five minutes of the match because I will still be going <laughs> fucking nuts about uh, how that had. Oh my god! I'm like, that's who I wanted to be, but I was trying to go with the more realistic one. But of course, that's who I wanted to be. I want to break the internet. I want to break the internet. I want the uh, Kenny. Uh, I want the. Uh, Roman and Sasha avatars balled up into a corner of the room crying. <laughs> so there's my prediction. Brian Danielson will make his debut and win the match. So there you go. We'll see if that happens. Hangman Adam Page and Brian Cage facing off in their rematch after Brian Cage got the major upset on AEW Dynamite against him, knocking Hangman Page down in the rankings. Hangman Page is going to be facing Brian Cage pretty much just to get his win back and to remove himself back up to be the number one ranked AEW singles wrestler so he can get back into the title picture. And it's going to be what is going to happen is that Hangman will get his win back against Brian Cage. I will say I'm very happy that Team Taz is looking a little bit more formidable recently. Um, Obviously, the win that he got against Hangman on Dynamite, Brian Cage really upped the stock of Team Taz. So I, while I know they won't win this match, I do hope that Team Taz gets more stuff to do and is more of a threat to people because what I have seen with them, I do enjoy. But yeah, Hangman will go over in this match. But we'll go to JR on this one first. I mean, in my opinion... AEW, one of the most important things about it was building future stars, and for I think from the very onset of AEW, that star that that was destined to be made was Hangman Adam Page, and this is I think the beginning of the run to a the title match by the end of the year where we will see Hangman Adam Page become AEW World Champion. I think that starts at double or nothing with the victory over Brian Cage. All right, Floyd. I'm hoping Paige uses his rage to stop the path of Cage. Rhymes, bars, bars. No, uh, yeah, I don't see. I think this whole thing was, I mean, I think we eventually get Hangman at All Out versus Kenny. I think that's what we're always we're building to. So I think, you know, Hangman's got to start winning. So I think he wins. I would not mind... And, and this is not me hedging my bet at all. I would not mind Brian Cage winning here and trying to take a Kenny Omega to because, like I say, he's gonna Kenny Omega's gonna need challengers before All Out, and he's gonna need more than one. Yeah. So if you have Cage win the match, and, you know, and set him up to get another title shot, and, you know, and then you could always heat Hangman up on the back end. But I think the logical thing is Hangman's going to give him the old uh, clothesline and we're going to get this match over. Yep, 
I think that's fairly what you can expect. After that is the TNT Championship match between the new champion Miro versus Lance Archer. These two are going to kill each other. I'm all for this match. I think this will be the match where people, if they haven't already come around on Dar- on uh, Miro after his huge win against Darby Allen to become TNT champion, this will also make people realize that Miro is that dude. Um, Lance Archer is a beast. I love his his moniker. Just everybody dies. And... This this could be a match that I think would steal the show for some people. So I would I would highly think that this match could move could have people's eyes going like oh damn. But yeah, Miro will retain his title in his first title defense. So yeah, well maybe second actually because I think he will defend the title on Dynamite. I believe he did say that. So it would be his first pay per view defense. I will say. But going to Jr. on this one. Thoughts on this? I mean, we have two. Hosses, big men slapping me. They're going to tear each other apart come Sunday. The Murder Hawk versus Miro. I mean, I and Floyd will tell you I love Haas matches. Haas is not just size, it's a state of mind. And I have, it, it's going to be insane. Um, it's going to be brutal. But I think. I mean, at the end of the day, and I feel bad because I just realized that this time last year, Lance Archer was in the finals for the TNT Championship and lost yeah. to Cody, and he's going to be in the in a match for the TNT Championship a year later, and he's going to lose to Miro, and so that's my pick. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, I, this is the, my second most anticipated match of the pay-per-view. Uh, so I'm very excited uh, for this match. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm going to go out on a limb, which I often do, and I'm often proven wrong. But I'm going to say this match ends in some sort of no contest or double count. Ah, all right. Maybe a time limit draw. I just think this, I just think it has legs. I think this rivalry has legs. And if the, I think it does more for the title and for both of them if they just beat the shit out of each other for 20 minutes. And it's not even like, and it's also like they're not even tired after the time limit's up. They're and still it, beating and, the shit and, out and Yeah, other. and they just keep wanting to fight, and then you can build this to a main event on Dynamite. I don't think it would be smart to actually give an out-and-out winner in this match. Yeah, I, I could 100% see that, honestly. Moving on, Sting teams up with Darby Allen to face off against Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky in tag team match action. So this will be Sting uh, wrestling in against this in against Ethan and Scorpio in this match in tag team form. I'm really intrigued to see how this how this match ends up going. I think while Ethan and Scorpio are the team that should win because I think if they're going to be pushed like to a possible like I don't know if they're going to consider them to be like tag team championship um, like contenders. Um, my mind's leaning more towards Sting and Darby with this one, mainly just because, again, Darby just lost the TNT title, building him back up. And while I do think Sting's purpose should be to like build people and like put people over and stuff like that, being a veteran and stuff, um, I do think this match will go to Sting and Darby. I just got an inkling about it, but... Uh, JR, uh, predictions on this match right here. 
This is Sting's first live in-ring match since, I believe, September 2015. There's no way that Sting is going to lose this match. I mean, him and Darby are going to go over it to help cement the legacy of Sting. And then it will, you know, further along Darby's career. And Scorpio and Ethan will be viable opponents. But at the end of the day, they're going to be cannon fodder to the legendary icon Sting and the man who does not fear death, Darby Allen. So I'm going to go outrageous prediction here. I am going Sting and Darby winning. I'm going Sting and Darby winning because there are Dark Order helps. But I think this eventually leads to Sting being the new leader of the Dark Order. Wow. They're a face group. They need a leader. What's a group without a leader? They've been kind of, you know, Hangman's kind of like, oh, we're friends, but we're not going to date. And Sting is like there, and, you know, it would give him more of an official role and it would give the Dark Order some kind of direction. Okay. All right. That's a huge prediction for sure. Hey, I, I didn't. I didn't. I, I was like, I didn't want to keep it vanilla. I could just give the boring ass predictions. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, yeah. Give you something to listen to. Damn straight, damn straight. Hikaru Shida defending her AEW Women's Championship against Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. This is the coronation for Britt Baker. This is where she takes over the women's division. She leads that division. She carries it to the fucking moon. I'm so the the growth that we've seen with Dr. Britt Baker and how she's just stepped into the role of like really defining herself and standing out and just becoming just so good. Like I'm I'm this is so I'm 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 genuinely like this might be one of the most exciting things I am and I love I love Hikaru Shida. I'm I'm a, I I'm I am not one of the people that like dig at her for her title reign and stuff like that because she's done what she's needed to do for the women's championship in the given circumstances but Britt baker is gonna go crazy with that title and i think it's gonna really i'm 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 all i'm all for Britt baker becoming a new champion though so i'm it's so so excited on the, that one um so jr real quick thoughts on this match what your what your predictions are i i just want to say that from day one I've been a Bird Baker fan. From day one, when Bird Baker cut that Starbucks promo on the Cruise of Jericho, and all these naysayers are like, boo, you know, Bird Baker sucks. This does this is gonna go nowhere. And I said, watch, she's gonna get over, she's gonna become the biggest heel in the AEW women's division. And when it's her time, she's gonna be nothing but money and she's gonna generate ratings for AEW. And you can go back on my Twitter feed, and I said that, and I stand by it, and all those motherfuckers are going to eat crow come Sunday <laughs> when Britt Baker becomes the new AEW Women's Champion, with all respect to her Carl Sheeta, who legitimately, as we said earlier, carries the division. And I, one of the things I forgot to add with, with what I said earlier was all the injuries that occurred in the AEW's Women's Division, Chris Statlander, even Britt Baker got injured in the summer, um, you know, and all that, you know, part of COVID. But it's this is what this is the reason why Tony Khan and the AEW execs hired and made Britt Baker the first female signee of AEW. It was for this moment, and over two years been waiting, and it's gonna come to fruition and watch her become 
the face of the women's division, the top heel, not just the one of the women's division, but probably, you know, neck and neck with Kenny Omega as a top heel in AEW. And her segments are going to be ratings for AEW Dynamite moving forward. All right, Floyd. How's that for how's that for entertainment, Floyd? That, yeah. There you go. That's that's a hundred percent bad. Oh yeah, the world will completely riot if Britt Baker loses. I mean, I, I really can don't even have anything to add to it. I think there would be an actual AEW fan mutiny if Britt Baker loses this match. I believe that a hundred percent. The AEW Tag Team Championship match between the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson. And the amazing tag team that is John Moxley and Eddie Kingston, who stole these men's shoes. Um, I will say up and down, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston are one of my favorite things in AEW right now. I love these two. I cannot stop saying how much I love these two. Eddie Kingston has grown into one of my favorites just in general since he arrived on the scene in AEW. And just the way this man carries himself, the way this man hypes up a crowd, the way he talks, the way he just... The, the the energy this guy brings off and just the passion you see in his eyes. Um, him and John Moxley just going off like a, like everyone's been saying, like a buddy cop comedy, and just these two dudes just just crazy motherfuckers. Um, I love them so much. I love them so much. Saying that though, the Young Bucks, <clears throat> I don't see them losing the titles as much as John Moxley and Eddie Kingston would be. Such a great tag team champion champion team to watch i don't see the young bucks losing and it's just they've just been non-stop all set go and while they've been the AEW tag team champions for a little bit um them as heels though still hasn't been going on for the long that long and i think they want to keep them as those heels champions for a little bit longer i'm not saying that i don't think moxley and kingston can't be tag team champions they 100 percent can but I just don't see the Young Bucks giving up the titles, at least not yet. So, at this point, I'm sticking with the Young Bucks. So, JR, though, going to you on this match. So, I will go the opposite and give someone, and to kind of follow what Floyd said earlier, I'm going to break it down. I think Moxley and Kingston is money. I think people enjoy watching them. I think people would love to see them be AEW Tag Team Champions. I see them defeating the Young Bucks. Due to a uh, backfire outside interference of Don Callis that will cost the Young Bucks the AEW Tag Team Championships, it will eventually lead to a hang buck, uh, um, excuse me, a Young Bucks turn that will lead to a match down the road with the Good Brothers Anderson and Gallows at a future date. So they will turn babyface, but not immediately. It will be further down the line because of Don Callis's. Uh, inter- backfire interference that's going to cost them the AW Tag Team Championships to Moxley and Kingston this Sunday. All right. Well, I think Moxley and Kingston get screwed by the Good Brothers. That leads to that rivalry happening, and we get a Good Brothers versus Moxley and Kingston street fight, the match everybody really wants on AEW Dynamite. So I'm going with the Young Bucks. All right. So it's very similar to what he said, just kind of pivots the other way. Just a different spin on it. Just a different spin. The AEW World Championship match, triple threat rules, Kenny Omega, the champion, the belt collector versus Pac versus Orange Cassidy. 
Now, going this match, I know people who didn't love how well we talked about our fears about this match, like focusing too much on Orange Cassidy and Kenny Omega and kind of Pack being the outside, just kind of sitting there, just as these two are going at it. Um, and it's 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 been a little bit rocky with this match, like just the build. That being said, the match itself is going to be fucking incredible. But Kenny Omega has been on a run unlike any other in AEW being the belt collector being the champion of three different companies and of course we're building up to that triple a match against Andrade um that will take place for that title to be defended um and while I see Kenny Omega maybe losing some titles like very soon I don't think the AEW title will be the first title he loses so I think if there's a way, for, if there's a uh, like Kenny three belts, like to slowly go down the Kenny two belts and the Kenny one belts and the Kenny no belts, uh, it would not be AEW champion going first. It's just I don't see that being the case. I think AEW he'll be AEW champion at least f- for the longer time than he will be Impact World Champion or uh, AAA Mega Champion. But I see Kenny Omega getting the win, continuing his reign of dominance. And um, I see him pinning. Uh, he could pin either of them, but I see him pinning Pack in this instant, in in, in, uh, in this uh, this way. But Jr. Though we'll go to you first on this AEW World Title match predictions. Yeah, yeah this is a very weird main event. Um, one of the things I said earlier was I, with going back to Full Gear 2020, I felt that they kind of threw a match together for the women's title with Nyla and Shida and I mean in my honest opinion I felt like they kind of threw this match together at the last minute because while Kenny needed the match he needed the match that he could retain the title because nobody in my estimation is going to take that title off of Kenny until they get to Kenny versus Hangman at the end of the year or somewhere near the end of the year um, and it's a very weird match I just don't. I think if, if I really feel like it came out of left field when it was put together at Blood and Guts, so essentially like the groundwork for it. And it will be fun. You're going to see some fun, fun comedy Cassidy, athletic spots when Orange Cassidy kind of does his orange up and, and Pac, obviously. So I see Kenny, you know, obviously retaining. Um, and I agree with you. I think he's going to defeat. Uh, Pac um, and Pin Pac to retain the title. All right, Floyd. Uh, I would love to see Kenny Omega lose. Just uh, and just it would just be fun. Don Callis kind of going off and all that kind of stuff. But he ain't losing. Uh, Kenny Omega pins. I think he pins Orange. I think he pins Orange Cassidy because I just I think Kenny Omega and Pac is still a money main event match. You know, as good as their match was for the Iron Man match in Kansas City, 30-minute Iron Man match, I think it's a money match. Kenny versus Pac is a main event of a pay-per-view. You know, and if you or or big dynamite, you really build to that match. So I don't think Pac takes the pin. And I think Orange Cassidy is one of those people he can lose and it doesn't hurt him at all. So Kenny Omega pinning uh Orange Cassidy is what I got going now. All right, and finally, Stadium Stampede 2, the Inner Circle versus the Pinnacle, and 
this match, if the Inner Circle loses against the Pinnacle, they have to break up. The Inner Circle's been running wild on AEW since Dynamite debuted. Sammy Guevara, Jake Hager, Proud and Powerful, Chris Jericho. Man, this team, this faction has been so damn good, and they've done so well at carrying, like, just being some of the top heels in AEW for, since since their inception on TNT. The Pinnacle is is stepping up to be that group, that new heel faction to really just tear up AEW. And I, as I want, I know this match is going to be a lot more physical, a lot more violent compared to the first Stadium Stampede. Maybe a less, maybe a little less on the jokes front. Um, though I do want to see uh, Sammy Guevara kind of flip the tables and chase Sh- uh, Sean Spears with a golf cart on the football field. Though I very much want to see that still. But despite all that, I see the Pinnacle going up to to nothing in their feud against the the Inner Circle, and I see them. I see them taking them out to pasture and becoming that new top heel faction. And Inner Circle splits up. They all go off to do their own thing. Specifically, I see Sammy Guevara becoming mega huge and just really starting to beat, like, go towards that TNT title and just like getting some big wins under his belt. But yeah, I, I see this as possibly the end of the Inner Circle in my eyes. So but it's going to be such a fun match to watch, though. That's for sure. So we'll go to Jr. one last time. Thoughts on what this Stadium Stampede match is going to bring and what's your prediction for it? Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Thank God Almighty, because that bubbly truly sucks. Finally, we're going to see the end of the Inner Circle. From the very beginning, I've hated the Inner Circle. It's such a hodgepodge of nonsense. Jack Hager sucks. Chris Jericho sucks. Sammy Guevara has been held down by this horrible, horrendous stable. Pride and Powerful has been horrible lackeys for Chris Jericho. Nothing but hog the spotlight. I can't wait for them. I hope Chris Jericho falls 30 stories from the top of the TIA Bayfield to the bottom of the field goal post. And we put this out to pasture. He can go do his stupid concerts. And the pinnacle will finally rise to the occasion that they should have been from the beginning. And that's always on top. Pinnacle for the win. God damn. All right, Floyd. Thoughts, uh, response to that at all? I literally... Am speechless. I can add nothing to that. Okay. Well, there you go. That right there is our preview and predictions for AEW Double or Nothing Live May 31st on pay per view and Fight TV. May 30th, my bad. Not 31st. May 30th on Sunday, live on pay per view and Fight and all that. And anywhere you find it. Yeah. And I think that'll do it for this episode of All Things Elite. Thank you guys so much. For listening, and also, of course, thank you once again to Jr. for joining us on this episode of All Things Elite. We really appreciate having you on. Be sure you guys check out his podcast, his horror podcast, the Trick or Treaters podcast. And uh, once again, Jr., where can people find you and your show on social media? Uh, first of all, I want to say it's it's always a pleasure to get a chance to talk to uh, Floyd and you, Austin, and I enjoy the time that we get to spend together for. Um, for the Ali podcast and um, and every, all things elite, and it's it's always just fun and get a chance to talk to people and have a normal conversation about wrestling. And uh, I really enjoy your guys' company. With that said, you can find me at um, again, it's at Trick or Treat Pod. That's at Trick or Treat Pod. That's where you find our Twitter page. 
Um, on there's a link tree where you will find um, where you can get our podcasts. We're available everywhere, whether it's uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, as well as our merch page. We have some pretty cool merch that's designed by some amazing uh, individuals who are a lot more talented than I am on that area. So, uh, again, thank you and and uh, hope to talk to you guys soon. Uh, Austin, enjoy this uh, pay-per-view on Sunday. You'll be watching just like I will. And Floyd, have safe travels. Please uh, get to Jacksonville and represent all of us probably like I know you will. Damn straight. Damn straight. And if you guys want to be sure to continue to download the show on Google or Apple Podcasts and leave a rating review, you can leave a donation through Red Circle. On Twitter, we are at AT Elite Pod and at Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Be sure to check out all of Social Suplex's other podcasts that they have on their network. I myself, I am at SZoomer4 and Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. I will go to Floyd before he makes the travels to Jacksonville for a double or nothing. Floyd, take us home for this week. Well, it feels good to be uh, back in the show with my girl Tiffany. We always sit next to each other, so it's going to be great to have me back. But with the world opening back up, masks are coming off as people are getting vaccinated. CDC restrictions, we're getting full gates. Keep yourself diligent. Uh, key, uh, you know, stay vigilant, as I like to used to say. Uh, wash your hands, you know. If you're feeling not feeling well, stay home. It's like we're almost there. We are almost at the end. Just stay on top of things. Like this week, we're going to be at a fan fest. There's going to be a lot of handshakes and hugs. Dude, after you get your handshakes and hugs, pull that hand sanitizer out of your uh, out of your bag or find a hand sanitizer station inside of Dailies or go to the bathroom and wash your hands. I mean, you know, just be careful. I just want everybody to stay safe and stay healthy. And with that, I leave you with this. Four times a year, we get beautiful pay-per-views. And you know what they always do? Whether it's homework or school, they always do their best to be elite.